0: Welcome to the Calibre Podcast, brought to you by the Watches of Switzerland Group. In this episode, Brian Duffy, CEO, talks to Giles English, co-founder of Bremont, discussing the new launches for the brand this year.
1: And welcome everybody who's, uh, who's joined us to, uh, to this conversation that we're going to have. have had a series of, uh, of chats about uh, watch brands over the last couple of weeks. Uh, my name is Brian Duffy. I'm the CEO of the Watch Switzerland uh, Group, and delighted to be hosting these uh, these conversations. And delighted that so many people have uh, have uh, have tuned in. Uh, all of the brands we've talked about so far have been Swiss brands, but today is going to be an exception. We're going to talk about a great British uh, watchmaking brand, how it came into to being, and how it developed to be a, a great brand today. And to help to talk all that through with me. Uh, one of the two founders, of the brand was founded by two brothers, uh, uh, Nick and Giles English, and uh, delighted we have Giles here with us uh, this evening. So thank you for joining me, Giles.
0: Well, pr- pleasure, and th- yeah, thank you for getting me on board. And uh, you've had some illustrious brands you've been interviewing, so it's sort of uh, um, no, it's, it's great, great to be here. Thank you.
1: Uh, great, and uh, you know, there's there's never a moment when they not pleasantly surprising you some way or another. And uh, while I was sitting up here earlier today I got I get a knock at the door and uh somebody arrives with uh, some um <laughs> some bremont beer. There, there you go. You know, there are there are just some times in life where you're so proud to be British and uh, and, and that was one of them. yeah, um, like you say, list illustri- illustrious brands I've been talking to over this uh, last couple of weeks, but nobody had the uh, foresight to say, I think I'll send them around some beers so that we can uh, we can have a chat and enjoy. And actually, on your beer it says um, it's five o'clock. Yeah, somewhere. and uh, it's five o'clock here. Five yeah, o'clock. Uh, it's happy timing for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good beers. beer as well. You know what? I uh, I tried one earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I, I was sitting in my back garden making some notes, pre- preparing, and uh, I thought I think I'll try one of these payment beers, and they're very good. I'd recommend them actually. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 <laughs> You're going to have a, another customer for another product uh, overall. Good, good. So, to you know, folks out there, if you uh, if you want to um, hear a, a wonderful uh, story of uh, of passion and uh, and and business and uh, uh, and inspiration and determination, I'd really recommend that you get to know the story of the the creation of the of the Bremont brand. If you don't mind, Giles, I'll just talk about the um, how you guys decided to, to make this business because you were clearly very, very personally involved in, uh, in all of what happened. Um, and then I'll, I'll go on and ask you some questions following that. But um, it's a story of of three men um, who clearly shared a, a great deal of uh, love, uh, your dad and your brother, your dad, you, and your brother, Nick. Uh, growing up, you all shared this uh, passion uh, for aviation on one hand and uh, watchmaking on the other. Uh, which is unusual. Um, it's not always the case that, you know, generations all share the uh, same passions, but uh, uh, you both and your dad clearly did. Your dad was clearly a very gifted uh, man, PhD in engineering, clearly a wonderful father who involved these two boys in uh, everything that he did. And you you became aviators. Um, and then, in uh, 1995, at uh, an exhibition um, you're, you're, all three of you are there. Uh, your brother Nick and your dad go up in a 1942 restored uh, plane uh, that uh, tragically crashes. Your dad's killed uh, outright, and, uh, and Nick is very, very uh, seriously injured. And you get the news while you're, you're sitting in a, another plane. It's uh, just unimaginable how that you know such a wonderful life you were having, and, and uh, all, all that happened when it did. Uh, But out of that tragedy, Nick, of course, recovers. Uh, You you were actually told he wouldn't recover, but he he does manage. He's a a tough old uh, uh, bird, and he does recover. And um, and you both decide that in the memory of your father, um, his great passion of watchmaking, you're going to create uh, a British watch brand. I think everybody back then would have said, forget it, it's not possible. Um, this is a this is a Swiss monopoly, and I think even people today would say that too. You. you couldn't start a, a British watch brand, but you were determined to do that, and you did. So you get your business started. Then um, uh, you haven't come up with a, a name for the business yet, and then uh, you know, crazy as it sounds, a couple of years later, you're both up in a plane again, a restored plane, you're flying over France and um and, and you just you have to land in bad weather and you find a field so tell us what happens then well
0: yes you're you're right we had been making watches for uh, about three years and and but with no name on and we didn't want to buy an old um, british brand uh we felt how could we work with you know jaguar cars or martin baker or boeing or any of these other companies and pretend we've we had been trading as a Mudge or Tompkins or Harrison, some old British brand. And we wanted, and obviously our surname's English, we couldn't use name English. And and this, this strange day where we, we we got lost and we couldn't find the airfield and we um, had to force land in a French farmer's pea field. And, and, and in England or America, if you do that, you get the farmer a bottle of whiskey, you say sorry, and next day you take off. In France, if it's a non-licensed airfield, they can make you um, take the plane apart, ship it to a licensed airfield. It's a disaster and huge amount yeah. of pain. And this lovely old boy came out and helped us. And he was in his late seventies. And we stayed with him a couple of days till the weather got better. And and you, know, he had this uh, workshop. He was restoring these old tractors and loved his motorbikes. And I just thought, sort of, if our dad, who died when he was 49, if he it got to his late seventies, he would have been this old boy. And yeah. uh, uh, and we left, and a couple of days later, we thought, actually, his name was Antoine Bremont. We thought, Bremont, actually, that's a nice-sounding name. We're not going yeah. to associate it to him, but let's use that name. It meant something to us. So, yeah, that's that's where the name came from. And um, part of what we've, done, we've always been trying to do is is celebrate history of British watchmaking, which was so amazing. You know, 100 yeah. years ago, making Half the World's Watches. Um,
1: slightly strange for a French name, but there you go. Yeah, but it, but it's a great name, and it's a, I mean serendipity at its best. This you, you meet this charming old guy, who, uh, who who gives you you know bed and board, who looks after you, who has a passion and an interest for watching in aviation. It, uh, it's a it's a, it's like a Hollywood movie, but it's a, it's an amazing and a very very real story. So you so you then have an aim, you have your business started, um, but you then have the passion, the two of you, to really make it a British business. And to really celebrate what once was a great uh, industry in the, in, in Britain watchmaking, and uh, so you set about celebrating that heritage and uh, recognising it and, and starting up your manufacturing.
0: Yeah, it was the, the easiest thing for uh, someone like us to have done would have been that first you go to China and you get the mould made in China. Um, or you go to Switzerland, you get a, a third-party blue-label um, manufacturer to make make them for you. But we always had this sort of really long-term vision, and and don't we have been through these sort of disasters where you hit a tipping point, and you think, actually, look, I could be dead tomorrow. I really want to go and follow this passion, and our passion yep. was British watchmaking, and. And you're you're never gonna. We knew it was gonna be a very long journey, and it was three or four years before we actually brought that over to the UK from Switzerland. And now we have I know 130 odd people in Henley on Thames um, yep. building watches um, from from machining bars and metal to um, to assembly um, to design all of that 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 angle to it. But it's been a long journey and, and still we're on this journey we've got we there's so much more we want to accomplish um but it's incredibly difficult i mean you, you know with a watch you're, you're machining components to five microns and to, to enable to do that you you it's just you have to be so good at it and, yep. and that's a challenge big challenge
1: you know i do you have to be good but i think more than anything you've got to have kind of determination and the envisioned to do it which, uh, which which you and nick have clearly had and again to anybody that's uh, tuning in take again take a look at your website the stories there and also the images of uh, of what you have created down in the uh, in terms uh, which really looks a fabulous place to uh, uh, to work and do what you're doing
0: Oh, it's great, and then we we've been working on this. We've got this new facility that um, should should have been moving in in August. That's probably been delayed till towards the end of the year now. But yeah, you know, uh, when we're in there, you know, anyone who buys a watch, they go into watchworks and they buy the watch. They can come and see the facility, see see the whole process, and it's really exciting for us to be able to show you that because I think yeah. until you see a watch. I always say there's, what, 86,400 seconds in a day. And, you know, one of our watches, chronometer rated, will be within three or four seconds accurate. And to get that out of 86,400 seconds with cogs and gears, it yeah. is it, it, a wonderful thing, isn't
1: it? Yeah, man, it's 365 days a year. It's, you know, it's uh, 24 hours a day. Yeah. And it's for your life and, uh, and you'll pass it on to, uh, uh, to your kids. So it, it's absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, what do you buy these days that you will work in two hundred years time? And yeah yes yes, you have to service it if it breaks, you fix it. But that's the yeah. beautiful thing. And uh you know, I'm speaking on this this iPhone now, which is probably about a thousand pounds, and uh it'll be chucked away in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's a great comparison. But you make all mechanical watches, uh, yeah. all uh, all uh, certified chronometers, um, the cost level of uh, certification, so Swiss level of uh, certification and uh, uh, chronometer status. Uh, uh, you give a three-year warranty. There's quite a few Swiss brands still only giving two, so there's a fifty percent one upmanship <laughs> for the uh, for the Brits. And um, you've got some uh, great long-term associations that partly define your brand uh, very, very clearly. One of them obviously being with the, with the armed forces. Yeah, we
0: started, um, Yeah, obviously our background in aviation. My father was at RAF. I, both Nick and I got sponsored through university with RAF. So flying was always in our DNA. And we always felt an aviation watch, well, aviation watches at the time have become very delicate. They've become more like dress watches. And an aviation watch for us is... is it's not a dress watch and it's not a um, a diving watch. It's that middle ground of yep. something classic you could wear with your suit or up Mount Everest properly go and use. So that was always our ethos as a brand, these beautiful things, but you could use them. And um, it, w- we started working with a partner called Martin Baker um, uh, over about 11 years ago now, and, and amazing business. They make um, 70% odd of the world's ejection seats. Um, Never had an ejection seat failed within operating limits. Um, British company based in Denham, so within the M25, um, still making these ejection seats. And they approached us and said, "Look, we we want to make a, a watch with you." And we said, "Great, we'll look, We can put a logo on a on a dial face and um, do it that way." And they said, "No, no, this has to go through live ejection testing, and that's not just about being ejected out of a." an aircraft at 30 or G, that's the easy bit. The the hard bits are the crash testing. They do 40 years of vibration testing, salt fog, um, uh, freezing, temperature testing. So it's an amazing facility. and We worked with them for about two and a half years and, and created the MB collection, and um, which is some unique identifiers and, and technology based into it. and And really that triggered this sort of, Growth we got to, in the military. We got a request. Our, our first military squadron was from U2 Spy Plane Squadron in Beale, in the States. And they said, Look, if, if you can certify this to work at 80,000 feet at minus 40, we'll, we'll take it on. And yeah. and we managed to do that. And, and now, about 25% of our business is just making for military around the world. And that's something. We're really proud. We always hated the thought of having a, sort of a model standing in front of the plane doing his pose. So yeah, we we wanted a real pilot to be wearing our stuff, and and that's something. Yeah, we're massively proud of. Well, you know, you
1: aviators are all handsome guys anyway. You don't need to, <laughs> don't need anybody to uh, to pretend the the Martin Baker Association is fantastic. I mean, I, and your MB1, I think you actually have to have been ejected. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So if
0: you ever see an MB1 where it's got a a, a red barrel on the side here, yeah, um, you have to have been ejected to get that, and and um, Martin Baker subsidised it for the the ejection um, uh, ejectee, and it has the number and the date of their ejection on the on the back, and um yep. yeah, they're, they're incredibly valuable things. Those watches, if you can ever get hold of one,
1: yeah, that's um, the whole association is a uh, is really really cool. Um, so we talked to armed forces we 'll come back to that in a minute Martin Baker big association with jaguar yeah and look we
0: the, the, it's, it's our one of our benefits we we 're working in this world where um the Swiss have dominated the space for so long and we we but our benefit is being one of the few British watch brands is partnering with these other British brands. it sort of makes sense and and we 've been very lucky in their early days to to have some amazing partners. And, and Jaguar, we started um, making clocks for their concept cars and they had a CX75 Jaguar, which was in James Bond, beautiful looking sports car. And we created a mechanical clock that could come out and be used as a desktop for them. And, and then we did a couple of other cars for them. And then they approached us and, um, can, we, can we create a watch? We've made um, a number of uh, lightweight E-types Continued those. We wanted to do a watch each one of those customers, and we did. And we copied the old um, Smith dial from from the original um, cars. Um, Smith, one of the big last British watch companies, died out in the late late sixties, early seventies. Still make um, instruments, but their their dial is a very distinctive classic car dial. We 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 designed the watch based on that, and. Um, we in Jaguar actually looked and said, actually, we really love this. Can we go into production with this? And and our relationship with them has been strong ever since. And and it, I, these working with these partners is so good because it's all about design ethos and being inspired. And Nick and I do all the design of the watches. And if you can watch it down with a Jaguar Cars, um, uh, a Martin Baker or anyone like that, you can just, you, you suddenly have all this design inspiration. And, Ian Callum, the the ex-Chief and Design Director of uh, Jaguar, an amazing guy, and there's been lovely work yeah. with him over the years. So, yeah, no, it's a lovely partnership.
1: Yeah, no, no, great. And it's as you know, part of defining, you know, what your brand stands for and, the, you know, the pure Britishness of it. And engineering at the core of everything. as oh, yeah. well and Engineering and, and, and design. But what you're doing is taking it and uh, making it commercial and successful. And so no. many great, uh, you know, British engineering developments. Have been taken. I mean, even if you go back, you know, John Harwood, you know, um, uh, he he really did invent the um, the, yeah. the automatic, uh, but commercially failed. It's refined and patented. as has been all oh, hands off in 1931, and it moved on. But the engineering and the you know the the conquest, if you like, from an engineering standpoint, was a uh, was originally British. And even George Daniels, you know, what what a development that he made with a coaxial uh, movement, as he did. Um, quoted by many as the most significant technical development in like 200 years. Uh, But again, he he sells it on, he does well. He seems to have been a happy guy all of his life. But it it doesn't become a a huge British uh, commercial success. But you guys are making that commercial success, which uh, is great.
0: Do you know, it's it's the, I mean, some like George Daniels, genius, and and we, it's an incredibly hard business you know making because you're you're a high-tech engineering business on one side and making the most accurate mechanical components made in steel of any industry uh your designing um is your design ethos and and your actual design skill set has been incredibly good you're building a brand people don't buy your watches unless they've heard of their brand uh you you have retail, wholesale. Um, you're having to do on a global basis. So yeah, that's why it's a hard industry to get into, and and it just takes it's the, the old pun. It takes time, and yeah, and I think probably if Nick and I, it it has to be about passion. If we hadn't have loved, you know, I love the fact you can design a, a watch like that. You can work on it for years. And actually, finally, you get something you can hold in your hand that you generally know is great quality, and and that's yeah. that's
1: the beauty of what we
0: do. Yeah,
1: and it and it it really shines through, and it shines through with some of the new products that you're introducing now, which we were uh, delighted to to look at. Our, our best selling collection today, I think, probably is your best globally. You know, it's pilot watches. It's the Alt One uh, collection uh, overall. Yeah. With great chronographs. Uh, and you're introducing a really co- uh, cool one, the the Alt One P2 for the uh, the Venom Two movie. Yeah, so we did. Um, the it's
0: that watch is used for a lot of military um, uh, squadrons we work with. And Tom Hardy has has always been a a, a bit of a friend of a, as a friend of the brand and has been a big supporter. And, and he called us up. He's just about to do um, Venom One, and he called Nick and I and said, look. Um, do you, do you mind if I use one of your watches in the film? And, uh, yeah. and obviously it's, that normally comes with, can I have 3 million quid? Um, which yeah. we don't have. And um, yes, it was like brilliant fantastic kind. and he, he he took this watch. We knew nothing about Venom as a film. And uh, um, so we didn't take it that seriously until the trailer came out and had 64 million views on that trailer in 24 hours. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so he wore that watch, which was lovely. And then, um, he uh came back and said, Look, I'm doing Venom two and would love a, an update of that watch. Yeah. So it's, it's that stealthy black look. Uh, DLC um coating black, um tinted crystal on the on the back, but very easy to read. So it's so, yeah, a lot yeah. to work on.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I've got the image of it here. It uh it does look amazing. And uh it, DLC is is a is a great treatment uh, overall. I love the back of it. Yeah. No, it's quite, uh, it's
0: quite far in the back actually. Um, yeah. So that comes out. That's literally in about two weeks. That comes out, and uh, um, which I'm pleased to say we managed to keep the production going um, for in Henley. Um, we've stripped it down, not nearly as many, but we've still managed to produce these watches, which is great.
1: Yeah, great. Uh, four thousand three hundred pounds. So you know, is that right, bang in the, your sweet spot in terms of uh, in terms of value? So. No, we're bit excited about that. We like excited about the Hercules spruce goose, yes.
0: That's that. So, every every year, um, we come out with a very interesting limited edition, and it all started with EP 120 all those years ago. Where where I was with a friend of my father's and uh, with Nick, and, and he owns one of the most famous Spitfires. There's, there's about 50 60 Spitfires flying now, but only a handful with have amazing battle history, and, and this one. He was just holding a bit of metal, a bit of aluminium from the wing, and he had to replace. And, and he said, Look, do you realize this is flying on this day in, in 1940 with a a 19-year-old kid flying at the at the helms over Germany? Yeah. And he's quite emotional. And we looked in the in the clock, and there was um in the Spitfire, and there's this beautiful old Smith's clock, and we thought, so light bulb moment went off. Why don't we design a, a, a what's called EP120 and we'll design it off that Spitfire clock and put that metal in it and we did and had no idea how it was going to go and it, it sold incredibly well um and if you buy one today it's probably three or four times the, the original price and and it sort of developed a whole process of our limited editions and and it developed into raising funds for charity while we do it so um anything from HMS Victory the code breaker with Bletchley Park the right yeah. flyer watch with the right family museum. And our latest is is working with the um, uh, museum who owns the H4 Hercules. And uh, Hercules was the largest ever aircraft for many, many years and, and the largest flying boat that Howard Hughes designed and, and flew only once. And and this once again, is back to design inspiration. So we can design a watch based off the era um, Beautiful looking watch. Um, it's our it's our movement. Um Yeah, very pretty. Um, yeah, so it's yeah. A fun
1: project. It is gorgeous, and you you got it in a, go, a gorgeous uh, rose gold. Yeah, very yeah. gold Looks great, actually. Yeah, it, it does look beautiful, and uh, and uh being a gold, it's at eighteen thousand pounds. But I really, and a great story. Uh, Over, I remember the movie with how Actually, oh, really, I, I don't 80, think but... I don't think the plane flew too high, right? I know it did fly once, it, but my course. memory of it. About ten meters, I think. So. <laughs> well, was it? Really? But, um, but you know, an, an amazing guy, right? But to you know, become the success he became, and then he became the eccentric recluse. Ah, oh, I mean, how uh,
0: Hughes he invented he, he uh, the, that aircraft, fly-by-wire controls. He invented that um, Hughes Aviation. You know, invented um, lots of defense mechanisms. Uh, uh, it, very powerful in that. Obviously, Hughes helicopters. He started TWA Airlines, a film producer, massive mogul in um, Vegas. I mean,
1: amazing character. I think Marlon Monroe was in there somewhere too, right? Oh,
0: I think he slept with a
1: lot of different women <laughs> over his <the> time. <laughs> and, uh, and somebody, we did a podcast together, you and I and your, and your brother Nick, and uh, somebody are just amazed to hear about who was, it was uh, doing a lot of his mountain con- conquering at the time was uh, Nilmar Purja. Yeah, and uh, that, that's led to your project possible.
0: Yeah, so Nims, amazing individual. He uh, Nepalese um, joined the Gurkhas, the only Gurkha um, and only Nepalese guy ever to join the SBS. And when he was in the SBS, he he broke several mountaineering <laughs> records, but wasn't allowed to talk about it because it's all um, yeah, you're not allowed to talk about anything you're doing. And decided, look, I want to go and break some more records and, and go into that space. So left the SBS early and went to approach us. We we met him through the special forces and um, uh, he wanted to go and break the record for climbing all 14 highest peaks. And these are um, 8,000 meter peak plus. And the closest record anyone was able to do it was eight years. And because the recovery time is, is so massive, just the organization, yeah. um, the costs involved, etc. And he said, look, I think I can do it in under seven months. And, and everyone in the mountain community said, look, it's impossible. No one knew of him. Yeah. And, and he literally sort of put his backpack on and set off to do it. Walking between the mountains and completed in six and a half months. Um, yeah. They saved four people in the process, broke all these records, and I I love the story, he rocked up to K2, never climbed K2 before, no one had climbed K2 that year, Um, no ropes had been put up to it, rocked up, had a party that night with everyone in base camp who were going to go home, next morning, got up, climbed K2, first guy, laid all the ropes, came back down, uh, walked for 48 hours and climbed another 8,000 meter mountain. And the the, the guy's a machine and uh, he's wearing our watch throughout the Supermarine 300. And uh, we we decided to celebrate it with one of our uh, Supermarine watches, which a number of explorers use and um, uh, made 300 of these limited edition. It's titanium um, version of our Supermarine, but with a, a, yeah. a bronze dial, a, a bronze a top bezel, um, yeah. ceramic inlay, and then a second time zones. So it's, a, it's a really nice watch. So
1: it's a it's a gorgeous watch, and uh, and a great story again about him. I mean, he's he's clearly superhuman. He's he's oh, yeah. physically unique. He's and, and he's uh,
0: the nicest guy as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you have any idea? Maybe we've done various podcasts with him. It's just the mind over matter. And you say, how do you do it? Everyone said it was impossible. He said, look, everyone said getting into the Gurkhas is one in 6,000 Nepalese get into the Gurkhas. He said, I did it. Everyone said it was impossible to get in the SBS. I did it. I just don't yeah. accept it when people say you can't. And I think it's yeah. a big lesson in life, isn't it? Yeah, an amazing guy. You've got another great product coming, the Griffin. The Griffin, the Griffin this was, yeah, Griffin... Um, named after the late engine using the spitfires the griffin engine spitfires um and it's based on our alt 1c collection we've had out from since the beginning and um it's just a slightly more vintage style alt 1c very pretty some cream numerals um uh and yeah that that will be out in the next month as well so that's that's a really lovely watch to work on
1: yeah again i've got the image of it as a gorgeous watch. And then something that's really exciting that you're doing that we hope we can, uh, we'll be able to do with you in the in the weeks ahead. There's your whole personalization you're doing with the uh, with the MB2, which is really cool. Yeah, so that, the
0: MB2 has always had different color barrels. So, for example, uh, this MB2, this is the new MB2, you've got the orange barrel, you can choose yep. colors. Um, we've had different cases, um, so DLC, um our, our standard MB comes with a closed case back. This is, this is open. Um, and so with all these different variations, and we thought, actually, why don't we let people configure it to what exactly they want, and then we, we will build it. So it's totally individually built. Um so we've spent months and months working on a configurator where you can go on there's about a thousand different options yep. um with it, different dial colours, different bracelets, different straps. Um so yes we'll be launching that um hopefully with you on your on your website as well where where yeah it, it and because we are this bespoke manufacturer, we can do that and, and you know eventually you can come and meet the watchmaker. Um and the Henry on Thames afterwards but it, it, it really can you, there's, there's no right or wrong with that watch you can choose
1: so many different yeah. combinations no it's very cool and it's fun and uh, you know I was doing it on your website earlier today and uh, it's all of the things that you would want to change the dial the bezel the strap the bracelet and so on so uh, really cool so I'm sure we'll have it up and running soon and uh, we'll look forward to doing that and again it's uh, you know around £4,000 it's a uh, a personalised, really cool watch from uh, from Bremont. It's a, it's really a great deal. So, um strange time for for life and for business and for this industry as well. And all coming in the back of, uh, you know, all of the disruption with Basel and Geneva. So we're all moving to to Geneva. Next like, year, are you going to participate? You're looking at it. Well, it's
0: it's a strange. We pulled out of Basel about three years ago and launched yeah. the townhouse concept. So. We 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 hire out our own townhouse and we we invite people to come and see us. Um, how long we can do that for? I I don't know. I think next year we have the big launch of our new facility, so we we definitely want everyone to come and visit us and see the new facility. Um, I think the the future of these big watch shows um, it 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 does totally make sense to have one and get everyone there. Um, The costs of doing it have historically been ridiculously high. And and really we prefer, um, we we aren't global in the sense that I don't have thousands of retailers in every corner of the world. So we're quite select about our retailers. So we've been seeing them on an individual level. Um, So it's a difficult decision. Um, But ultimately, yes. I think one day but in in the near future um we'd still love to see people on a more personal level um
1: yeah what, what are your views on it i mean our views are we're delighted that it's been organized and that it's going to be in one place and uh, very very important for us to see everybody see the product and then now we can coordinate you know and synchronize our activity following it and last year was a nightmare yeah, you know, between uh, Basel and Geneva and uh, and Dubai, which you know, a fun trip, but it's a, it's a you know it's more or less a week out of your uh, of your schedule and Zurich, whatever. So delighted that it's all going to be in one place uh, now. Uh, overall, um, wish it was earlier in the calendar. Um, I think it, we we liked the timing of SIHH as it was uh, because you then were getting deliveries of product uh, reasonably yeah. quickly after it. So we think it's all all good uh, and coming in the back of what we're going through now, clearly the industry has to, I think, kind of consolidate and, and regroup and um, and get going again. And I think I think what happens at Geneva will really help. Yeah. I think next year
0: should be an interesting year. I think a lot of people have held product back Yeah, to an extent. We decided... We, to go with most of it um but right. partly because we felt you know our, our client base wanted it but i think yeah next year it, it needs that good boost of of new product and lots of enthusiasm yeah. coming out and i think it's an odd one because we're we're in a world where you can't physically go buy you can buy online obviously but um but the demand is still very much there i feel um so i think it it will be an interesting market when it comes back and, and hopefully um bounce back quicker than, um, than, uh, than slow, if that
1: makes sense. Yeah, no, I may think it will. I mean, we're asked about it. You know, we're a public company now, so we have lots of people who are interested in our in our business and what's going to happen. And we do believe it will bounce back. We believe there's pent-up demand. There's yep. products. It's product that's not seasonal. Um, so uh, you're, you're not going to change your mind if you were deciding to buy a, a great up product. You're not going to change your mind over four or five or eight weeks you're going to wait you're going to do it or you're going to buy it online whatever so we do think it will come back strongly we think the industry has got a great history of whatever you know you know crisis they faced the quartz crisis or um, the bosch crisis have been way back or various economic crises they've always regrouped and bounced back very strongly uh, overall so um, no, we're, we're confident about the future. Uh, we don't, we're not complacent about it by any means. We know business is going to, have to be different. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more by appointment. We're going to have fewer people. Uh, I think online will have, has taken a step up and probably won't step back again. So yeah. I think online will play a, play a bigger part. Uh, but I think more than most industries out there, uh, the, this one will bounce back pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think, look, it's... We are selling luxury. We're selling an experience. We're selling a connection that, both you as retailer and us as a brand, the, the person who buys our watch, I want relationship with him forever, as long as he owns yeah. that watch or buys more, and, and so do you. And, and I think the guys who are doing it well, and I, you know, I, I always sing your praises because I, I love your stores. I think your, your client services fantastic. Thank you. You're, you're there, and I think you've got to just continue to offer that whole experience. And, you know, stock markets go up and down and you know, people are traveling, traveling less, but actually, you know, sitting at home, you have your beautiful watch um, yeah. and, and it'll last forever. And I think that's, there's something really quite special about that. And I think the, the cost of building watches um, is not going down this is yeah they're more and more expensive to produce every every year and i think you'll you're um yeah you know, it, it's not a it's not a commodity you can just switch on and off as, yeah. as well and um uh, and that's why i believe the industry is still here and i think we live in such a disposable society now um you know a, 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 something that you can have wear use and last forever is incredibly valuable
1: yeah and something that will no doubt recognise some special event in your life. and A family heirloom, the number of people that we meet, and they'll say, I, I've still got a, an Omega whatever I got from my grandma or my grandfather. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I do
0: an interview for um, uh, for a magazine, and they say, look, name, name a watch. Actually, I, I think it's over here. Name a watch that, that's special to you. And this watch, it's an old amiga that... My grandfather, who uh, is an amazing, surgeon, amazing doctor, he invented um, the, the, the one of the recognised first ICU ventilators at Brompton Hospital. Wow. He was, at, he was D- at D-Day on a hospital ship saving lives. He, he went into a, um, a concentration camp in, in uh, a Japanese concentration camp in Burma uh, as a doctor and found his cousin. And, and this watch he had throughout, as has well as initials yep. on the back. And uh, me and my father gave me that. And he, It's so lovely to, to have something like that. So I think yep. yeah, they're
1: special things, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And uh, you guys are making a, a real British version of, uh, of those special things. We're all proud of what you're doing. And you know, I, I think the thing that more than anything tells you about Bremont is real authenticity. It's real authentic passion. Um, the associations that you do, the reasons that you do them, uh, are very authentic and, and genuine. There's uh, uh, there's nothing invented about it all, and um, it's just great to see. And you know, I think you know, the whole industry really wishes wishes you continued success, and and uh, we certainly do. really enjoy dealing with uh, with you both and all of your teams, both in uh, the UK and uh, and in the US. And I've really enjoyed talking to you this evening. I oh, really appreciate it, and thank you for
0: your support as always. And thank you for everyone else listening in and um, and being out there. And look forward to seeing you at events soon when we're out of all this.
1: And uh, and whatever it is, we'll uh, we'll have another beer together. Brilliant. You take <laughs> care. <girl, laughs> you speaking. Care. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Calibre podcast. We do hope you enjoyed it. Please do subscribe and listen to other episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.